The text that calls for our attention this Lord's Day is our epistle reading for today from 2 Corinthians 4 and 5, and especially this verse 16. So we do not lose heart. Though our outward nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It is easy in this world to be tempted to lose heart. After all, last week, Paul described our life as God's people with words like these. Afflicted, perplexed, persecuted, and struck down. You know, it's not the kind of words you would typically use to try to describe to people a life that you were calling for them to embrace. But as the children of God, we must admit that words like this are indeed familiar to us, familiar in the very experiences of our day-to-day life as God's people. For this mortal life is indeed filled with things that can make one want to lose heart. The devil, the world, and our sinful flesh afflict, persecute, perplex, and strike down the children of God. Today, we will focus on three things in our world that can often tempt us to want to lose heart. First, we can be tempted to lose heart based on what's going on with our bodies. The Spirit of God today speaks to us in our epistle reading and tells us that our bodies are earthly tents. Earthly tents that do wear away. Now all of us know this is true in general, that the body wears away over time. But I suppose in most cases that general knowledge does not lead us to despair or lead us to want to lose heart. After all, we can just sort of tell ourselves that that body wearing away stuff will certainly just come later, you know, when we're older. But indeed, there are times in life when we can't simply tell ourselves something that simple and get away with it. Sometimes it is clear that the body is wearing away. Perhaps a scan shows that death is growing inside of us. Or the doctor says that surgery is the only hope. Or that chronic pain will just not relinquish its hold. You can add your own detail here, but regardless of the precise uh, example that you wish to furnish, we must recognize that indeed the body does wear away. And that it wears away because we live in this world so broken by sin. Oh, it's not that any of these things are sort of the result of some specific sin in our life, but they all exist because sin is in the world. And so whether it is disease or simple age that brings one of these things to bear in our life, we can be tempted in that moment to lose heart. Secondly, we can tend to be tempted to lose heart because of relationships in our lives that are not going as we hoped. Sometimes this can happen because there is 
trouble in the spiritual relationship one person has with the Lord. Sometimes relationships between two people can be stressed because one person is clinging to Christ and another has chosen to leave him behind. We heard in our gospel reading today that this happened even in Jesus' own family, where we heard him tell the people that his true family were not those who could be proved to share some DNA with him, but instead were those who did the will of his Father in heaven. When family relationships are broken because one person is departing from the ways of Christ, we know that often the pain experienced by all then is doubly severe. Now, of course, other times problems in relationship have very little to do, so to speak, at least on the surface, with one person or another leaving behind Christ. There are all sorts of trouble, troubles in relationships that come about simply because, again, real sin brings real trouble into relationships in various ways. But regardless of how the relationship has become strained, when someone who is our loved one becomes to us no longer a source of comfort, but instead is a source of strife, we often in those times are tempted to lose heart. And finally, we can be tempted to lose heart sometimes when we just look out in our world and see that it seems that the world all around us is growingly opposed to the ways of our Savior, Jesus. We can hear how every part of our world seems to want to mock God's institution of marriage. We can watch as the world seems to grow cold to helping people who have basic needs. We can feel it when we see that our world seems to time and time again wish to move further and further away from the order that God has set in creation. We often can see how proclaiming salvation in Christ alone seems to be the one thing in our world that cannot be tolerated. Yes, often when we look at our world, we can begin to feel rather alone. We can start to wonder what will happen to congregations and pastors who seek to remain faithful to Christ and his word. We can fear that persecution that goes beyond unkind words or disapproving looks might just be right around the corner. We can see how quickly faithful Christians who seek to be faithful to the word of God are becoming the minority in our country. And when we see all of that happening, we can be tempted to lose heart. Yes, we indeed can be afflicted perplexed, persecuted, and struck down. And when that happens, we can want to just throw in the towel. We can be tempted to lose heart. So today, we gather here to ask, how is it, though, that we can avoid such an outcome? How is it that we cannot lose heart? How is it that we are to remain faithful to Christ and remain lively and active in the hope that is in our heart. Well, today through the Spirit, Paul tells us exactly how it is 
that we can persist in faith rather than losing heart. How we can do this, even though the struggles we have mentioned about are very real and often quite regular. But I should say, we might not like the answer at first that we find in our text for today. For the truth is that we often would like to be able to say that we will not lose heart because we trust that the troubles of this world will be removed, and quickly so. Now, no doubt, sometimes God does this this way. Sometimes the death growing inside meets its match. Sometimes the surgery does provide health, and sometimes the pain, well, it finally fades away. Sometimes the relationship is healed. One person or another returns to their senses, and there is reconciliation. And sometimes, yes, even the culture around us recognizes the error of its ways as the fruit of their choices grow sour in their mouth. But certainly not always. Not always in any of those cases. And that is why we are told that the way to not lose heart is not just to trust that all of our troubles will be taken away in this world. For sometimes the body will continue to wear out. The relationship will not be salvaged and the persecution will grow. And so we are told that we are not to try to not lose heart by believing that all will be well soon here on this earth. We're not told just to be positive and persist. No, we are told that the only foolproof way to guard against losing heart is to hold to the ultimate hope that we have in Christ. And here I don't just mean hope in some abstract sense. I mean the very real hope that God has set in our hearts, the hope that one day we will be with him in a new heaven and a new earth to live forever. Yes, we are to believe that these troubles we are having now are but light momentary afflictions that are preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. We are to believe that Jesus will indeed come and raise us up and take us to that place where things truly will all be well. We are to know that if this tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, not made with human hands, eternal in the heavens. Well, sometimes we want to change the central hope of Christianity into something a little more temporal in nature. We want to believe that God will somehow trade us temporal blessings for our faithfulness to him. Even though we often sort of mock other Christians who take this view to the extreme and tell people if they will only follow Christ, that they will, of course, have the perfect family life they will have abundant wealth, and they will have constant good health. At the same time, we must admit that we all buy into this lie, even if it is to a little lesser degree. We like to act as if times, as if the Christian faith is about us following God and God giving us things right here in this world that we would like. But you know, that is not what we are called to place our hope in. No, instead, we are called to place our hope in the eternal 
good things that God has promised us. But that is hard. For after all, we're about as good as children at Christmas time when it comes to waiting for good gifts from our Father. We have to admit that as a people, we're not exactly usually patient or long-suffering. Especially as people living in the modern world, we're used to getting what we want on demand. And so we don't like it when someone else has control of when certain blessings will come. We're so used to having things delivered to us immediately or fast that we can't hardly deal with it when something appears to us to be delayed. Yes, we modern people act like waiting for something is really torturous. But you know, one of the very simplest definitions of biblical faith is this. Faith is waiting on God. You see, this is true because of how God works. And so he tells us that the way to not lose heart is to place our hope not in the things of this world that are seen, but in the eternal things that are not seen. He tells us that to not lose heart, excuse me, to not lose hope, we must indeed focus our life on the things that are to come. For there indeed we will finally have bodies that are free of pain, disease, and the threat of death. There, our relationships with everyone who is gathered there with us will be perfect and blissful and joyful all the time. There, the mockers of God will be put away from our sight, and there our faith in Jesus will be vindicated day by day against those who said it was not true. So today, if you are tempted to lose heart, and you wish to deal with that temptation in any other way, other than dwelling on the ultimate and final and great hope of everlasting life that Jesus has given us through his death and resurrection, well, look out. Because that's indeed how one ends up losing heart. Yes, indeed, if we place our fear, love, and trust in things that are seen, in things that are temporal, well, we will quickly end up disappointed. And that disappointment will give way to despair. So instead, today, if you are sick or in pain, know that one day you will be well. If the relationships in your life are a mess, know that one day you will live with people who will live at perfect peace with one another each and every day. And if you're worried about the changing world all around, well, know that one day you will live in a place that will be free of the devil's influence and his corruption. Yes, indeed, this is how you guard yourself from losing heart. You place your whole lot with Jesus. You place your hope and confidence in that promise of eternal life that he has given to you. You look forward to that day when all things will be made new. Place your lot with Jesus. For he's placed his whole lot with you. He was afflicted, perplexed, persecuted, and struck down for you on the cross at Calvary. And yet, he rose victorious. And that victory which he showed to us on Easter morning, we will also blessedly experience with him forever in heaven. 
And that is why you need not lose heart. Because that is the hope that Christ has placed into your heart in order that it might keep being strong. So instead of losing heart, proceed with heart. Proceed with courage. Proceed with a lively hope in the resurrection of all flesh from the dead. Go forward knowing that you have eternal glory ahead of you. For this is what Christ has promised to you. And that which he promises, he always brings to pass. It will be yours. It will be yours soon. Amen.